Okay, so Bezras Hashem, we're going to begin this week with a new mimer from Yat Kislev Maimud that the Rebbe gave. And this one is from Shnas Tafshin Ayin Zayin. So we're talking about five years ago, five or six years ago, in between Tafshin Pei Beis, which we gave the first week, and Tafshin Pei Aleph, which we gave afterwards, um, we're missing a few. I was not able to track down the writings from them. There is a recording of Tavshin Ayin Ches, but it's recorded in a different way. It's written down as a Nishmasan Chadasin, as opposed to a Mimer from Dechach Melanavshecha. So it's a very different type of way of the Rebbe's Torah being Meskala. So I wanted to focus primarily on the Bakiva Erlinger's write ups. But what we're going to see is that it's Mamish Ki'ilu that. Tavshin Ayin Zayin is a direct hamshacha of Tavshin Pei Aleph, because what we're going to see is similar themes, I think, that are beginning to come out from the Rebbe's treatment of Yat Kislev and the, the essence of Teres HaChasidus. And we'll see how in this mimer as well, what the Rebbe is being magdish, what the Rebbe is pointing out with intensity is the notion that Teres HaChasidus came specifically to teach us how to transform the lower into the higher how to reveal that that which appears low is in truth high, and that which appears to be despised, the Evan Masu Habonim, is in truth high. So Rosh Pina is in truth going to take its rightful place in the future as being the highest and most intense point of Avedis Hashem. And what the Inyan of Hasidus is, B'derach Klal, as the Torah of Mashiach, as the ability to taste Gan Eden prior to actually entering into Gan Eden and revealing the next world within this world itself. So the Gilui of Hasidus is that now that we know about this trans-revolution that will take place where the lower will be revealed to be higher than the higher on a certain extent, so we can begin to find that light even as we exist in exile today. So we have a te'ima, we have a taste, like the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Skusio wrote that the mitzvah of te'imas tavshilei Shabbos, erev Shabbos, the mitzvah of tasting the foods of Shabbos on Erev Shabbos is the same element of the giloy of Teres HaChasidus, that it's a hiskalus of the Or Shem Mashiach, the light of Mashiach, the light of redemption in a person's life prior to the actual historical redemption. So like we've said before, it's, it's knowing the punchline of the joke prior to being allowed to laugh at the joke. So we sit with a grin of holding in a smile of that darga of the tishak le'amacharon, of that laughter, of that revolution, of that reversal of the darkness into light, because we know what's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. So we live with the silent awareness of the eventual revelation of the Yehudim in every aspect of our lives. And what we're going to see is that the Rebbe is really going to teach in a very different way very similar in Yanim, how it is that that which typically appears to be more severe, that which typically appears to be more negative on a certain level, is in truth going to be the very site where we can reveal the deepest yichud of all, which is the Aniva Ayin Bevasachas on the Darga of Keser. So the Rebbe starts off as follows, and he says, That when it comes to Kadshim, when it comes to determining the time, by Kadshim, by that which took place in the Beis HaMikdash, so night would follow day. That daytime, that the sunlight of the day is seen as the beginning of the day, and the darkness of night follows the sunlight of the day. Masha'in came by other calendar 
expressions in Yiddishkeit, night precedes the day, that the new day begins at nighttime. But in Kadshim, as the Tzaddikim point out, when it was in a place of revelation in the base of Mikdash, so we no longer needed necessarily that beginning with darkness in order to uncover the light afterwards. There was a pure revelation of light without the preceding darkness. That's how Rav Tzaddik HaKohen Melablin describes it. What I imagine the Rebbe is describing is that this is likely the end of Yat Kislev, although I don't know, probably after Zman when Yat Kislev had ended. And the reason that we're able to celebrate in the nighttime is because in truth, by Kudshim, when a person is in the Beis HaMikdash, the night is not the beginning of a new day. Because in truth, the new day starts with the next day. And in that place of rarefied and clarified vision, so we can celebrate a Suda of a previous day, even at the night of that day, because the next day only starts with the Yom. This is what the Meshilach points out when it comes to having a Sudas Purim by the end of Purim. That even though B'derach Klal, we say that the nighttime represents the shift into a new point of temporal experience, that the nighttime is the end and the cessation of that which happened previously and the beginning of something new in the world of Kadshim, in the world of the Beis HaMikdash, in the world of the destruction of the enemies of the Jewish people, which is the Indian of Ahakravas Korban. So in that place, we see the night as a continuation of the day that preceded it. And therefore, you can have a Sudas Purim late at night, says the Meshiloach. And I imagine that what the Rebbe is showing here, utilizing that Meshiloach, is this is why we can have a Yat Kislev Drasha at night, even though the day is over. So the Rebbe says, that in truth, when a person is experiencing life as seen from the innermost interiority of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, of the Beis HaMikdash, the night precedes, the, the, the night follows the day, and therefore we can have the Suda late. The Kasher, Klal Yisrael, Smechem, Imhatzal, Ashel, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Balatanya, Lechein Hayyard, Said Shel HaMagid, Mimizrich, Ukamuvan, Uhatzal, Ashel, Kol Taras, Abal Shem Tov. And why is it that Yat Kislev is going to be seen as a yontif of Kadshim, a yontif of the destruction of the enemies of the Jewish people? Because it was the Yom HaHotza of the Balatanya from the Haskara, it was the Pad B'Shalom Nafshi, as well as the art site of the Magid of Mizrich, which ultimately represents the, the saving of the entirety of Teresa Hasidus. And obviously, that's no less of a yontif than Purim itself. And therefore, we can follow that this giloy of La'asid that takes place with Teresa Hasidus, which is related to Kachim, which is related to the Beis HaMikdash, or as the Meshilach points out, this is true by Purim, we can have a Suda at the end of the day, and it can still be considered part and parcel of Yat Kislev, even though B'der Klau, we start the next day with the night. Over here, from the perspective of Kachim, from the perspective of clarity, we start the next day with the sunrise, and so the nighttime is still related to the previous day. The Rebbe continues, and he says, shem kadosh shem Hold on, I apologize, Trevor. The shame associated with Hanukkah is tough pay, tough pay, yud k. So tough pay, tough pay, yud k, which tough pay, this tough pay of that shame is in Gematria 89, which is the Gematria of Hanukkah. This name of tough pay, tough pay, yud k 
is the secret of Ha'Allah Satipos Kimbavur Bajrush Lachanaka Shabinar Shalom. So the name associated with Hanukkah on a certain level, the name associated with Hanukkah is the name Tafpei Tafpei, which represents the process of elevating those things which have fallen of elevating that which has fallen down into concealment, that which has fallen down into a place of waste, that which has fallen down into, into a place of transgression. As the Rashash points out, the name associated with Hanukkah is that name that elevates that element. And so ultimately the Rebbe's entire drasha is going to try and understand why is it that the secret of Hanukkah is associated with this name of Taf Taf Yudke which represents the ability to elevate those fallen things which we even are told by the Zohar Kadosh cannot be elevated. There's clearly something about Hanukkah and the name revealed, which reveals the inner power of Hanukkah, because again, Yat Kislev is always a Hakdamat Hanukkah. There's something inherent within the Chag of Hanukkah itself and the Yamtif of Yat Kislev, which gives us access to this name of Taf Taf Yud which gives us the ability to take that which is the lowest element in the world, those drops of waste, those elements of forlornness in this world and elevate them back up to the loftiest place imaginable. And as an introduction, the Rebbe says as follows, what we see in the Bala Sulam is that before a person enters into any darga of Avaida, that a person has to enter into the level of the preparation for that level. So that typically we think that there's preparation and there's the level. But what the Balasulam is pointing out is that there's the preparation for that level, which is its own level, and then there's the level itself. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu cried out and screamed out to Rashbi, it's written in the Zayar, that Rashbi heard his name being called Shimon Shimon. And because the name Shimon was said without Rebbe, without Hachana, without respect, without Bittl, Rashbi understood that it must be HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking. And furthermore, the Sulam points out that every darga also has a vessel which is the introduction to that darga. And that the kli, the introduction necessary for entering into the mindset of Yehudim, for entering into that mindset of the loftiest way of connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the kli for that is connected specifically to pshitos. The kli for yichud is pshitus. That when a person learns how to live with pshitus, when a person learns how to live with simplicity, and we're going to see what pashut means, but the Ariza already points out that pashut, something without complication, is always operating at the level of keser. And we know from the Vilna Gon, that a person can have no shaykhis to sod without a deep havana of pshat, because as the Rashash says, the pshat is the sod and the sod is the pshat. So the kli associated with yichud, with the recognition of a Kaddish Baruch's unity, is going to be the kli of pshitus, ulachin, and therefore we find also that the light of Yehudim, the light of Hanukkah, is contained in what? Is contained in the simple Pachshem and Tahor. That Pachshem and Tahor, which corresponds to the Pshat, simple, without complication, we see that the vessel for that ore of the Tahor and the Yehud of Hanukkah is very much related to the Pshat. And Pshat also shares two letters with that shame of Tuf Tuf Yudke, because it has the pay and the tes. And this Pshat, and this simple Simplicity is the secret of katnus, 
is the secret of operating in a state of small-mindedness, of finding ourselves confounded and confused in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is the sode of taf, which is the sode of being a child, being a child or that relationship to that wasteful place, those drops that have no shaykhis to meaningfulness, that name of taf taf ka. And so we see what the Rebbe says is that this darga, the kli, to be megale yichud, is katnus. The kli is the pshitas, is the simplicity. And so we see that the highest light of yichudim is going to be associated with the lowest kli, with the lowest way of experiencing yichudim, which is the pshitas. And we see what the Rebbe says, that this pshitas, this hachana for the soid of the yichud, is the smallness that is associated with being young, that taf, that being a child, which is also associated with katnus, which is also the secret of the tipin, those fallen, you know, wasteful drops that fall away in a person's life, those experiences, those things which seem meaningless, which all of them operate on the lowest level, lamata lamata. It's specifically the katnus and the taf and that, and that infantile experience of wasteful experience that is connected to the highest level, which is yud ke, because the shame that is associated with Hanukkah is taf taf ka. And it's specifically this taf, these tipin, this youngness, this smallness, this wastefulness, this emptiness, this meaninglessness, all of those tipin of our lives that seem to be expressed for naught and for nothing, and it appears to be scattered and without purpose. It's in truth these lower places of our lives, these tipin, this taf, this katnus that connects us with the highest moichin in the world, which is the yud ke, which is the light of Hanukkah, which is associated with the shame of Hanukkah, of Taf Tafka. So we see already that the Rebbe is setting us up to understand how it's specifically going to be those lower areas in our lives, those things that appear to be insignificant and more than insignificant, difficult and in, in, in opposition to Kedusha, that it's those very places that when we encounter them in our lives, we have the capacity of uncovering the deepest level of Kedusha, specifically from within the Katniss itself. That prior to the Balatanya's death, that the Balatanya wrote one of his letters in Igros Kodesh, which was the 20th letter. And over there, the Balatanya writes a Chiddush. Now, we know that prior to the Balatanya's death, the Balatanya was oisek very much in the Torah of being Megala, how the lowest level imaginable is in truth the highest level. That in Nefesh Ashpela, something that the Balatanya gave over on his deathbed, we see the Balatanya describing how the Iker Nakuda of MS in this world is when a person descends into a world of Sheker. Because the Balatanya says that the tzaddikim have to be toyen in ta'ano shel sheker. When a tzaddik, when a, when a poisek descends into a place where people are lying, where people are claiming false claims, it's specifically there that the tzaddik is capable of being mavarer emes, the Torah from within untruth itself. We also know the Rebbe has spoken about this before, that on the Balatanya's deathbed, the Balatanya asked for a cup of coffee. The Balatanya was suffering profoundly excruciating stomach pain, and as it's written in the memoirs, in Beis Rebbe, it's described in, in other sources as well. And at that moment, what the Balatanya asked, even before Havdalah, 
was for a cup of coffee. And what the Rebbe points out is that this was the aspect of Kaveh El Hashem Yachlifu Koyach Bekaveh El Hashem, that at the Balatanya's deathbed, all that was left was hope this desire to extricate oneself and move forward from within the constriction of one's life and to yearn forward, which is the secret of how it's specifically within katnas, within the nefesh ashvela, that a person has the ability to uncover that light of yichud. And what the Rebbe is pointing out here is that this was explicitly expressed in the 20th letter of Igris Kodesh as well, that close to his death, the Balatanya wrote a chiddish in the 20th letter, that just like the Arizal writes in the 39th Shar in the 15th Parak of Eitzchayim Kadisha, that there is a secret of or yashar, of a straight light that descends from above to below and a reverberating light or chos there that ascends from below to above. It's also true that this is found, this duality of light, of a straight light and a returning light is found also in the ray of infinite light that HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed into the world after the Tzimtzum. That after the Kav descends in a way of Or Yashar, it ascends afterwards by way of Or Choser. So let's give a little bit of Hakdama right now, because this is ultimately the paragraph that we're going to be focusing on tonight before the next Shirim. And Bezra Sashem, it's as follows, that when the Arizal and the Ramak, really, because there's a Shar in the Ramak of Mimala Lamata U Mimata Lamala, of above to below and below to above, where the, the Ramak himself uses the language of Or Yashar and Archozer, and he traces it back to the Sefer Habba here, which is the original, you know, Pnimiya Satora Dika text that we have in our history. And so this is something that is true far beyond the Arizal, but revealed specifically specifically through the Arizal, that the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself through the Esser Sviros or Bidera Klal is that there's an or that comes down from above, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu descends, so to speak, through the Hizgalus HaOros, and there's an or Yashar, it descends from above to below. That light comes from the loftiest places of clarity and rarefied unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and as it descends into this world, it congeals itself a little bit more, becoming more in line with the vessels and the constraints elements. This or yashar that descends from on high to below is associated with chesed, with clarity, where everything is clear as day, where we know the source of the light, we know how clear things are. And then when that light finally descends to the lowest place that it's going to descend, it doesn't just stop there, but there's an intense experience where the light that comes down with intensity hits the bottom and it doubles itself back upwards and it returns back to its source, almost like throwing a ball against a wall and with the force through which one threw the ball, the wall forces it to come back to the person who has thrown it. And that reverberating light is the orchoser. The light comes down and it comes down with speed and alacrity and it hits the bottom, so to speak. And then it redoubles itself back upwards. So now we're no longer moving from the top down to the bottom, but now we're moving from the bottom up to the top again. And with that orchoser, things don't only return back to their source, as we're going to see, but as the Rebbe Rashad points out in Tafresh Samach 
Vav in the beginning, and this is what the Rebbe's essence on a certain level of some of the Rebbe's Torah is talking about, is that it's specifically the encounter with the limit and that returning light, that Orchoser, which returns not only back to its origin, but beyond its origin. It goes back to a place higher than the place from which it came in the beginning. So Or Yashar is a light that is from the top to the bottom, from the whole to the part, it's clarity, it's chesed. And then you have the Orchoser, which is associated with Din, which is associated with concealment, because now at the very bottom, that light that has descended from on high has already congealed in a certain form of thickness. It has already taken on the contours and the definitions of measurements of what it means to descend into a lower place. And that light that hits the bottom is now moving from its congealment and its physicalized form, so to speak, and returning slowly but surely back up to its source. So while Or Yashar starts from a place of clarity and it descends into a place of disclarity or doubt, Or Choser begins in that low place of doubt and it returns back to its source and clarity. So Bedera Klal, Or Yashar is seen as chesed, as clarity and expression of light, and Or Choser is typically seen as the origination of the vessels as moving out of concealment and moving forward up into a place of clarification, applied to an individual experience on a certain level of or yashar is a clarified thought that slowly but surely descends as it applies itself to the limitations of logic, applying itself to the contours of reality, but it starts off in an idealized way and it ends in a realized way in accordance with reality. Or choser is something that starts within the concealment of reality, yet through that concealment of reality, specifically there, there's an expression that moves upwards again to come back to a place of absolute unity. But we see these qualities as expressed in the Yudsiros and all of the worlds of Adam Kadmain, of Atsilas, of Bria, Yasira, and Asiya. But what the Alter Rebbe seems to be mechadesh here is that the same mechanism of Or Yashar and Or Choser, of the, the straight light that descends from on high to below through Chesed and the reverberating or returning light or the reversal of light, which ascends from below to above in the light of Gevura or severity, it doesn't only apply to the created worlds of Adam Kadmon and Atzilas Bri Yitzir and Asiya, but rather it applies to the first instantiation of light that HaKadosh Baruch Hu places into reality. That as we know, prior to the Tzimtzum, there was Or Ein Sof, that was Mavatal, any capacity of Gvul, there was no possibility of anything other than God at that point, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, was forced to be Metzamsim himself. He concealed his all-infinite presence and light to allow for things that appeared to be separate things devoid of the annihilating light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that was the Halal HaPanui, that was the vacant space. And again, the Halal, that emptiness, that voided space is going to be an important Nakuda leading up to this Mimer because it's specifically within emptiness that we're going to uncover this, this unbearable light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence specifically down here. But after the Chalat HaPanui, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does, according to the Arizal, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu draws a ray of infinitude back into reality, a kav or in sof, a measured expression of that infinite light that existed in that void prior to the Tzimtzum. And again, 
how is it possible that there could be a measured infinite light? How could it be that infinity and finitude can coexist in one moment? How could it be that there could be such a coincidence of opposites? As the Rebbe points out in his Biurim on Sanar in Tafshin Ayin Dalid, so this is the Raz of Yichud. This is the deepest secret in the world, how the infinite can manifest itself through finitude, how the unlimited can manifest itself through limit. But suffice it to say that the Kav comes back down into the void and it reanimates the void and it gives birth to the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu again in a revealed way. And it's on that Kav that Adam Kadmon takes shape and then on Adam Kadmon that the worlds of Atzilas, Briyatsira, and Asiya are mislabish themselves like garments on the Adam. And so what the Malatanya seems to say is that just as by the spheros and the worlds, there's an or yashar that descends from above to below and an or choser that takes that contact point with the limit, that limit experience that forces itself to push itself even further upwards so that the cataclysm of hitting the limit becomes the birthplace of a growth that returns back up. The same is true with the kav or in sof, according to the Malatanya, which according to the Rebbe is a chiddush. And it is a chiddush, obviously, A, because the Rebbe says it's a chiddush, but it's also when a person learns about the sugya of how far down the kav goes, whether the kav goes down all the way down to the tachtas halal, because we know that the kav or in sof didn't go down all the way to the bottom of the vacant space, because if that infinite ray of light went down to the very bottom, then the top and the bottom would be connected again, and the bottom and the top would have no separation from one another, that God would be found at the bottom just as he was at the top. So the tzaddikim tell us, the Arizal tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu arrested the development of that kav, and it stopped at a certain point prior to descending down to the bottom so that there can be a distinction of up, down, right, left, and there could be measurements and levels, which was the entire purpose of creation itself. But there were mikubalim. The Rebbe Rashab quotes this in Tafresh Nuntes, and the Leshem Shabbat quotes this in Klal Yud Zayin, in Klal Yispashtus Vestalkus, that in truth, the Kav is going to be already down to the Tachtas HaChalal, that the Kav is going to descend down to the very bottom of the halal, thereby transforming the bottom into the top, the top into the bottom. As Chazal tell us that that the same way that a Kaddish Baruch Hu's praise ascends from Gan Eden, so too that kilus, that praise of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to come up from Gehenim as well. Why? Because in the future, the top and the bottom are going to be revealed to be part and parcel of the very same process. What seems to be either implicit or explicit within the Balatan his letter, is that even though the Kav has not hit the bottom yet, nevertheless, there's still an experience of an Orchoyzer of that Kav. That that Kav comes down, so to speak, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu expresses that infinite light back into existence, and it comes from the top down to the bottom. But there's also an element whereby hitting the bottom itself, when that infinite light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu comes down to the lowest imaginable place, that there's going to be the same mechanism of Orchoser, which means that the infinite light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu that descended through the Kav is going to return back upwards to the original source of itself with more intensity, specifically through encountering the limitation. That is what the Chiddush of the Balatanya was on his deathbed, that this notion of or yashar and or choser, of a light that descends from above to below and then hits the limit from below and ascends back upwards with more intensity, revealing the power of the bottom on a certain level as higher than the top, but that takes place by the Kav itself as well. And the Rebbe says as follows, V'soyd or choser da Kav, and what's the secret? What's the secret of the or choser of the Kav? The secret of the Orchoyzer of the Kav is as follows. 
The secret of the Orchoyser of the Kav is that that what the Orchoyser of the Kav does is it is what allows the elevation of the lowest possible sparks that have fallen down. Those tipin tipin, that taf taf ka, that it's specifically those yud nitzotzos that are stuck in the bottom of Eilam on the bottom of Eilam stuck under the ankles of Adam Kadman, which we're told cannot be mavur until the coming of Mashiach. Those places in our lives, those feelings in existence that cannot be redeemed, those irredeemable parts of ourselves, of other people, of the world. It's the orchoyzer of the kav that comes along and rectifies those lowest sparks imaginable. That is the thing that is being elevated. Those lowest sparks, those nitzotzes akadoshim that have fallen lamata ba'asiyah tachtoinim, the dir ba'tachtoinim, ayin sham igris kodesh tash kuflam and beizam and aleph. The alpiz, according to this, the Balatanya continues after telling us that there's this chiddush that it's specifically at the very bottom that we encounter a new expression of a kadosh baruch Hu's infinite light that could not have been revealed at the top. So the Balatanya continues, and he says, we can now understand the four levels of doimem sameach chai and medaber, of inanimate objects, vegetative objects. Chai is animalistic experience, and medaber is the human level, which also corresponds to the four elements, esh, ruach, mayim, and afar, how those correspond to fire, air, water, and dust. So after explaining this Chiddush, the Balatanya says that the Or in Sof comes down to the Takhdas HaChalal. It comes down to the lowest place imaginable. And it's Choyzer back upwards. And there's a new revelation of a, a new hitherto uncovered power that comes about specifically by encountering the bottom. The Balatanya says this is how we can understand why the Doimeim, inanimate objects, are in truth higher than Semeach, Chai, and Medaber. Again, highlighting that that which appears to be lowest is in fact highest. It also teaches us the Maila of Afar over Eshruach and Mayim, which again highlights the fact that Afar, which is the lowest of all elements, is in truth the highest of all elements. It's the Mana Dekula. And the Alter Rebbe continues and he says, through this we can understand the Maila of Mitzvos Maisios. Why the highest thing that a human being can do in this world is engage in physical mitzvos, not the ethereal contemplation of divinity, not the contemplation of Yehudim, but rather the engagement with the body in the dir b'tachtoinim mamish. That this sugya of the orchoyzer of the kav that hits the bottom of the halal and returns back upwards is also that transvaluation where the doimim, the inanimate matter, which appears to be lowest, is revealed to be highest, where the afar, where the dust, which appears to be most despised, is revealed to be highest. And it also teaches us the maila of mitzvos maisios. This is what the balatan revealed on his deathbed. Vod Kasav Sham, and furthermore, he wrote over there that the expression of that kav of Ak that hits the bottom reveals itself in Oilamatsias, and there's a ha'ara the ha'ara, and an expression of the expression presents itself in the worlds of separation. And then there's a ha'ara the ha'ara the ha'ara, and a glimmer of a glimmer of a glimmer that exists even at the bottom of Ilamasia. And so Again, just to, to end this hakdama of what we have in um, this mimer so far, is that the Rebbe is setting up how we can understand the shame taf tafka, how we can understand that the name associated with Hanukkah, the highest name imaginable, is representative of the that taf, that that infantile, youthful 
stuckness, that tipin tipin, that wasteful experience that appears to be devoid of value, that katnus, how it's specifically that level of katnus, which throws us to gain access into the ka, which is the highest level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is the yud And we're going to see how that's very much associated with the secret of how it's specifically down here, that we have the ability of revealing the light up there. And that's going to be based on what we're seeing in the Balatanya's letter, that there's an Indian of Or Choyzer. There's an Indian of Or Choyzer at every level, that it's specifically the light after it's hit its limit and decides to try and return back through the limit, moving upwards to that place of expansivity, it's specifically that encounter that is going to reveal the greatness of the Jewish spirit, specifically down here in Eilam HaAsiyah, specifically in Mitzvos Maisios, how the Domeim is higher than anything else in spite of the fact that it appears lower, and how Afar is higher than anything else in spite of the fact that it appears to be lower as well. So Ezra Sashem, tomorrow night we're going to move forward into understanding how the essence of Tarsa Hasidus is the act access to the secret of Orchoser Be'ezrus Hashem.